Happy Wednesday, everyone. Michael Seifert here with Refining Politics and Culture. I hope and pray you've all had a fantastic week so far. There is so much happening in the political world at the moment, and I encourage you, if you have not yet listened to my podcast episode from yesterday, highly recommend going back and giving that a listen for an update on the wild week we've had, especially in the Middle East, specifically in Iran with the assassination of their top nuclear scientist. We talked about China's increasing aggression toward the United States, and we talked about all things election fraud, election litigation pending in front of the courts, etc. So I highly recommend checking that out. Today in this video, though, I want to take a break from politics and I want to discuss the status of the American Christian community, of which I'm proudly a part of. I want to get a bit of a pulse read and talk about where we are, what we're struggling with, and why we can have hope. The reason we do this, of course, is so that our individual faiths and our faith communities could be refined. Socrates famously said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And what he meant by that is that if we're not stopping to evaluate where we're at in order to make sure we're on the right track, then we'll just go through the motions and live lives void of purpose or intentionality. It's also vital because as Christians, our first priority should ultimately be loving God and living a life that's pleasing to him. And we're not effective or able to truly live out his purposes for us unless we start there. We don't know if we're living lives truly that are pleasing to God unless we're willing to take time to evaluate. So let's do it. While there are a thousand things we could be doing better in the Christian community as a whole, there are two common issues I see becoming more and more prevalent. The first is this. The modern American Christian community, not everyone, but a large swath of churches, are not taking sin seriously. Even in the last six or seven months, we've heard of pastors and Christian leaders involved in sex scandals or affairs, Christian singers or celebrities that have fallen away from the faith altogether, and people that have claimed to be devoted in the faith have lost intentionality simply because their version of Christianity hasn't stood the test in this COVID season. And it was ultimately more about their comfort rather than the embracing of God's conviction for them. We've shrugged off our sins as if they don't matter, as if God's loving grace is somehow an excuse to disregard God's also present judgment. So much of what we've talked about in the modern church over the past few years is about how God has redeemed our past and our mistakes. And while that's a wonderful reality that must be discussed, because we don't pair that message often with a concurrent message of go and sin no more, just like Jesus did, we've become numb to our mistakes and have even gone a step further often to justify them. And God's grace was never meant to be a cop-out. He takes sin seriously. It separates us from him. It breaks his heart. It utterly destroys our lives and our communities. And honestly, our modern churches are absolutely willing to talk about some sins, greed, pride, envy, gossip, etc., because these don't stir up as many tough conversations. No one gets too offended. But ask yourself, when's the last time you heard your pastor give a sermon or a teaching about abortion, about sexuality and the perversion of gender, about how God hates divorce and that unless you were cheated on in the marriage, it's actually considered adultery in the eyes of God to divorce and remarry? or gluttony, drunkenness, pornography, the list goes on and on. And these are all issues that Jesus directly addressed. It's not like we have to wonder for his thoughts on them. Today, sinning is popular, but having honest conversation about uncomfortable sins is not. And another part of the problem is that we've embraced as a culture and idolized celebrity pastors that are more devoted to teaching about your happiness rather than your holiness. They're culturally relevant. They wear $1,500 shoes and they talk a whole lot about self-care and how to resist feelings of shame, all the while they themselves are sadly indulging in destructive lifestyles. And we can't stop loving and praying for these pastors, but we do need to stop blindly following them and enabling the continued rise of their popularity. The true pastors and teachers we need to be seeking in this season are those that are willing to have the tough conversations. They're less concerned about looking cool and they're more concerned about taking a stand for the issues that God cares about while living lives that are pleasing to him. 
God's life-transforming conviction is something we should earnestly seek and desire, not resist. It is an honor to be corrected by him. And through his word, he convicts and corrects me often, sometimes stings, but it's so worth it. If we're not willing to talk about sin and truly confront it, we can't be surprised when the Christian community not only delves into sin, but even goes a step further and embraces it. So while sin has a great deal to do with our actions themselves, the second prevalent issue I see emerging in the American Christian community, especially in the younger generations, has to do more with what we believe. Over the past decade, the increase of theological, cultural, and political confusion has been rampant. The worldviews of our next generation are largely a mess. So many young adults or teens don't know what to believe, don't know what they believe, why they believe it. They take the scriptures out of context, or they end up just seeing the Bible as optional altogether. They're walking contradictions, and they've never been taught how to use their mind to reason and truly pick apart an argument to discover the truth. And sadly, Satan has taken advantage of this and has sought to deceive the rising generation by promoting cultural ideologies that sound like they could be godly, but with closer examination, we see that these worldviews of man are the farthest thing from godly thinking. So a few examples, whether it's critical race theory, faith deconstruction, pursuing social justice rather than godly justice, being more concerned about Jesus's skin color or immigration status than we are with his message, focusing more on Mary's gender empowerment rather than the immaculate conception itself. People really are doing that right now. Prioritizing a some people are more equal than other people, animal farm style message within the church, embracing gender theory and moral relativism, or enabling destructive behaviors all in the name of love and compassion. All of these ideological views are more rooted in the cultural redefinitions of love, truth, acceptance, etc., rather than God's true designs that he has clearly articulated in the scriptures. And what's happening now is that many self-professing progressive Christians believe the exact same things politically, culturally, and philosophically about the world around them as those opposed to God, and they don't even recognize that that's a problem. If you're a Christian and you believe the same things regarding love, justice, peace, self-care, sexuality, etc., as Hollywood you may want to reevaluate. And this is rising in frequency, and churches and parents aren't addressing this enough. We're not teaching youth about the dangers of Marxism that led to the deaths of 100 million people in the 20th century, the dangers of critical theory, or how to discover and embrace a godly worldview. We're not teaching them that. So then what happens is that the church is left having to catch up and rebuild once the damage has already been done. And so many well-intentioned parents send their kids off to liberal arts colleges to attain pointless degrees and get indoctrinated by postmodernists for $30,000 a year, and then they're shocked when their kids return home believing radical things about the world around them. We hear these stories all the time. And guys, John and Jesus both made this very clear in the New Testament. You can't serve God and the world at the same time. We're either for him or against him. We either believe what he does about the world around us or we don't. So with all this being said, though, the reason I'm hopeful is that in this season, I've seen people finally start to draw a line in the sand. Challenges have a way of revealing us, and I think we've all been revealed in this challenging season to a certain degree. 2020 has forced us to reevaluate, to ask questions like, why are we here? What are we doing with our lives? Is the way we're living pleasing and honorable to Christ? Am I standing up for what he's standing up for? Am I turning away from the destructive habits, actions, or belief systems that God turns away from? And my hope and prayer is that as we head into 2021, the church will implement some of the valuable things we've learned in 2020 that will prioritize the refining process, will take sin seriously, will recognize that our stances on issues matter, and will embrace God's desires for our communities. So 
That's all I've got for today. I hope and pray that this was helpful insight for you. Make sure you join me tomorrow for my Refining Politics and Culture podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. I hope you have a great rest of the day.